0: Welcome to Moments with Marilyn. I'm your host, Marilyn Boyer, mom of 14, yes, I said 14 homeschooled kids who love the Lord and love each other. I absolutely love young moms. It's my passion to encourage you and provide you with tips and tools to make your job easier. Thanks for joining us today. Today's session is 20 ways to delight in your preschooler. And before we get started, just let me mention that you can find us on our Facebook page, our YouTube page, Spotify, and other platforms as well. Okay, first of all, what do I mean by delighting in your preschoolers? I talked over with my son, Nate, years ago. We were discussing why he thought all our all of my kids turned out to love the Lord and love each other. And... To me, I knew part of that was because we focused on teaching them character and God's word, but I felt like there was some other factor that was missing that I couldn't quite put my finger on, and he just really nailed it. He said, Mom, when we were growing up, you loved us, but he said it was more than love. He said you delighted in us. He said we got the feeling that there was nothing else you would rather do than be with us. And all the little things that we did just gave you such delight. And he said, I didn't realize growing up in that how it impacted me. But he said, it's really powerful. And now that I have kids of my own, I want to continue that heritage that I grew up in. So he said, when I come home every day from work, I try to turn work off. When I walk through that door, I want my kids to feel like my most important, my most important part of the day is when I come home to them and he's done a good job doing that but it it really added a dimension it it spoke truth that that is something that we did kind of in ignorance but it really impacts your kids I believe it's really the key to their heart so today we're focusing on preschoolers Um, focus on the positive ways that make them unique you need to communicate to their heart that you're delighted to be their mom or dad and you you enjoy spending time with them. Do that by intentionally focusing on what's really important to them and try to step into their shoes. Remember what it was like to be a kid. And well, first of all you have to study your kids. Each one are different. I've got 14 kids, they're all different. And Study what makes them tick, what excites them, what discourages them, things that they're interested in, their passions, and believe the best in them. Be their biggest cheerleader. The world won't do it. Number one, stoop down to look them in the eye when you speak to them. It's so easy just to kind of bark off an order or answer them while you're in the middle of something and not direct that eye contact with them. You can't do it every time. I realize that. I had 14 kids. There's no way I could look them directly in the eye every single time I spoke to them. But when you can, try to focus that attention on them. It shows them that they're important. They're more important to you than the dishes or whatever whatever else you were doing at the time they came to speak to you. Number two, stop what you're doing when they're excited about something. Now I'll give you an example. My son, Tuck, used to love to get saltine crackers and crush them up on our front porch and watch the ants come and carry all the crumbs away. He was, I don't know, probably less than two years old when he did this, but it just gave him such delight to watch those ants. To show you how old he was, he called them duh rather than ants. He couldn't say ants, but he... This is something he just loved to do, and he wanted Mommy to come and watch the duck carry the crumbs away. So when you can't stop, look them in the eye and tell them, you know what, I would much rather be watching ants with you. But right now, Mommy's got to get the casserole in the oven for supper. So I tell you what, when I get the casserole in the oven, then I will come and watch ants on the front porch with you. And that way they know that you would rather be with them, but you can't. I also remember my youngest daughter, um, for years we've spoken at homeschool conventions. I don't know, over 20 years we've gone and spoken at homeschool conventions. And she said to me one day, she said, You don't know what it's like to have a mommy who leaves you to go speak, (laughs) which kind of broke my heart. But I explained to her that I would much rather be home with her but it's something that I felt God had called me to do, that I needed to go and encourage young moms. So she felt better when I explained that to her, but I I let her know I would rather be with you. There's nothing I would rather do than be with you. Okay, number four, give them at least five to ten minutes of uninterrupted time daily, whether you're reading to them, going over verses with them, doing something they love. When I had four or five little ones, My kids, by the way, were about 18 months apart. So when my oldest one was five, I think I had four kids. Anyway, they were close together. So what I would do, I would put them all down for a nap in the afternoon, and then I would call one of them out at a time and spend special time with each one of them, just five minutes, whether it was reading. One of my sons, who didn't have much of attention for reading, I had this little cocoa can that I filled with animals, little Um, plastic animals, and we'd do animal sounds, and he said he can still remember the delight when I would bring out that cocoa can with the animals in it, so something that your kids love, so they know they're going to have five undivided minutes of your attention every day. It makes a huge difference, especially when they're little. I mean, you know, you don't do that when they're high schoolers necessarily, but when they're little, they need that time. Number five, hug them often. It's something that you forget to do, but they need to know that you love them. Number six, snuggle each night. If you have a snuggly child, some kids are not snugglers, but a lot of them are. And I would put my kids down and I would pray with each one every night. During that time, I would talk a little bit about what they had done during the day. I would, I would, Thank God and mention them in prayer. For instance, God, thank you that Kelly was diligent today when she wiped the kitchen table. And I would always peek, and you'll see the little corner of their mouth turn up. It just does something to their little heart to hear you mention their name to God in prayer, telling God of something that they did right. Even if you have to rack your brain to think of one thing that they did right during the day, You'll see them the next day, they'll be watching that table with more diligence because it just does something in their spirit to hear you mention their name to God in prayer. Number eight, show excitement over little things that excite them, whether it's the castle they built in the sandbox or the bug that's on the front porch or, you know, whatever it is. It's so easy to just dismiss it and... When you do, that communicates what you're excited about. I don't think is very important. I'm busy. Leave me alone. Come back another time. We don't want to communicate that to them. Read to them often. I remember sometimes when my kids were very little, reading the same book 18 times in a row. Uh, my oldest son, before he could even talk, he would say, and that meant read it again. And we'd just read, 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 read. But when you're reading to them, you've got them on your lap, you've got your arms around them, it's just a special time. Plus, they're getting other information about other things. But read to them often. Make time in your schedule to do that because it's so important. I also found the kids that I read a lot to usually became good readers. The more you read to them when they're older, they will become good readers. Hang special papers that they do for you in a prominent place. I used to hang their special papers that they made for me on the refrigerator. And then I found a magnetic frame that went on your refrigerator that you could put the paper in. And recently, I found this frame that goes on your wall. And it opens up. It has little clips, and it opens up. And you can add up to 15 papers in there. So it's important. If they made something special for you, you need to show them that it's important enough to you that you want to hang it up and show it to others as well. Number 11, use the gifts they made for you. I still have a soup can that my son Josh made for me for Christmas one year. He made it into a pencil holder, and he covered it with construction paper and put little stickers of Jesus on it. But use it. You know, sometimes it's easy just to take something they make you and dispose of it. But don't do that. Try to find a place for it and use it. You know, your home does not need to be house beautiful. It needs to show that you love your kids. And I would try to remind myself that. You know, it might not look pleasing. It's not something you'd put in a magazine if you use this pencil holder made out of a soup can. But it speaks volumes to your kids that you think they're important enough to use that. Be easy to please. Don't make them feel like they never measure up. You know, Especially as homeschoolers, we feel like it's our responsibility to teach our kids how to do right. And it is. But I think because of that, sometimes we focus too much on the negative that they do. And we think to ourselves, well, I've invested all this time in them teaching them the right thing to do. Why can't they do it? Don't expect more of your kids than you do of yourself. Sometimes it's easy to excuse our own sin or our own misbehavior and expect more of our kids because we think, well, I've invested all this time in them. They should do better. Be easy to please. My husband says that he grew up thinking he could never please his mom. He would never measure up. And we don't want to communicate that to our kids. We want to find ways to show them you are good enough, you are wonderful, and I love you. Refrain from raising your voice. I didn't get spanked when I was little. I got spanked one time, but I got yelled at. And I still cringe when I hear parents yell at their kids. So I decided I am not going to yell at my kids. And to my knowledge, I don't think I have, unless it's just raising my voice to be heard over the mayhem that was going around. Um, If you're struggling with your attitude, what I would do is I would say, Mommy is going to her room to talk to God and get my attitude right. You sit here quietly and read a book and wait until I come back. It's okay to let them know that you're upset and you're gonna go talk to God and get it straightened out because again, you're patterning for them the way to handle that anger. Number 14, don't laugh at your kids. They're so cute, it's hard not to. I should say at least not in their presence. (laughs) they don't understand when you're laughing that you're laughing at their cuteness and they need to trust you with their heart. Get down on the floor and play with them, play dollhouse, play matchboxes or farm. I wanted to do this with my kids and I, I tried to do that. I also want to do it with my grandkids and I remember when they were playing fire and I was being rescued, and they would be dragging me around the room, stuffing me into the ambulance, and (laughs) I almost needed rescuing from being rescued. But, you know, don't be unapproachable. Get down and get dirty with your kids. Play with your kids. I know recently um, one of my daughters had one of my grandsons write what I like about Nana, and one of the things that he wrote, he's just two, and he wrote that he likes that Nana plays with him, and I want my kids and my grandkids to remember that, that I would actually get down and play with them, with what interests them. Sing to them. I had a special song that I sung to each one of my kids, and it was their special song that we sang every night. It's important to sing with them. Tell them often how glad you are that God gave them to you. Tell them that. You feel that, but make sure you tell them that. Then include them whenever you can. If you're doing dishes, let them help put dishes in the dishwasher. Dusting, sweeping. I got little kid-sized brooms so that the kids could actually help. Let them know. Tell them, I couldn't do this without you. You are so helpful to mommy. Even if you have to go back later and touch up when they're not watching but let them know that they're an integral team member, an integral part of your family, and you couldn't do it without them. Tell them that you're glad to see them in the morning. Now, this we kind of came across um, by accident or whatever. It was when we had two little boys, and Rick worked at the sheriff's department, and he was gone during the day. So we tried to spend a couple minutes together in the morning talking over the breakfast table. And little Ricky would come walking down the hall. And we'd send him back to his room. We'd say, mom and dad are talking. You go on back to bed. And he'd, he would obey. But you'd see the little corners of his mouth would turn down. And he'd kind of dejectively saunter back to his bed. And it kind of broke my heart. So I talked to Rick. And I said, you know what? What are we communicating to him? We're communicating you woke up. Go back to bed. We don't want to see you right now. So the very next morning, you know, Rick said, you're right. The next morning, Ricky came walking down the hall he was incorrigible he would come you know every morning to see us try again so Rick said Ricky he's very enthusiastic he'd say Ricky we are so glad you woke up did you sleep good and Ricky was all enthusiastic and he was so excited and he climbed on our lap and he stayed there maybe two minutes and then went down and played by himself so we got our time together after all But what we did is communicate, we're glad to see you. And every morning after that, little Ricky would come down the hall. I woke up. I sleep good. And what were we communicating? We're communicating, we're glad to see you. Just that one little thing made such a difference. We told our kids through the years, God made you in a special way for a special purpose. And no one else in the whole world can do what God wants you to do. God has special jobs for you. Let them know that God put us here to glorify him and that he has a special way he wants them to do that. We've put together a preschool curriculum. One of my daughters-in-law kind of begged me to do that. So several years ago, I did that. And it's a character curriculum. It's, it focuses on teaching character qualities, 12 basic character qualities to your kids. We spend three weeks on each quality, one week there's a Bible story to illustrate it. One week there's a story from everyday life from Crossroads of Character. Some of those products you can see here behind me, and the third week there's an audio CD where Rick recorded a story about a true, a real person in history that illustrated that character quality of diligence or obedience or honesty or in his life, and then it's chock full of. Ways to teach your kids character, hands-on projects, practical ways, fun things to do, seasonal things to do with your kids to make your kids feel special and wanted. So you can access that on our website, which is characterconcepts.com. And as we go on with podcasts, I plan to give you lots of special tips and helps, some freebies, things that will help you in your job to train up your little guys for Jesus. So remember, every minute you spend teaching your kids God's word or character are not wasted. God's word never returns void. Thank you for joining us today. It's been a pleasure spending this time with you. See you next week.